0: Good morning st. abrahams good morning, Mr. okay good morning let's uh let's begin we kind of have a full day today here we go no no be domine no no Amen. Have a seat. All right, guys, I'm going to begin quickly here with some announcements from Mrs. Martin and particularly some awards. Here we go. Yeah, give it up.
1: High school basketball season still has one more week. Um, We have our final home game tonight, and it's senior night, against Soledad High School down at the Veterans Building in Watsonville. So if you can come today at 4 o'clock, it should be a really fun game. Um... We have one more game on Friday at Alvarez High School in Salinas, and that's the end of their season. Um, middle school basketball season ended last week, so I have some middle school basketball awards to give out. Um, but before I do, I just wanted to mention that we're starting a new season this week also, so high school swim team begins today. <laughs> some people are excited. High school swim team begins today. And middle school girls volleyball starts tomorrow. So that is usually a really popular sport. So, uh, coach Eric gave me some names of boys who are getting awards for middle school basketball. All right, so we have a couple awards for the 5th and 6th grade team and a couple of awards for the 7th and 8th grade team. The first award goes to the most improved player on the 5th and 6th grade team, and that goes to Jake Clark. (laughs) There you go. Stay up here. The next award goes to the most valuable player for the 5th and 6th grade team, and that goes to Finn Brownlee. Those are 5th uh, and 6th grade team. For the 7th and 8th grade team, we have award for the most improved player, which is Jake Paradiso. And our most valuable player for the 7th and 8th grade team is Sam Ingram. There he is. There you go, Sam. Good job, boys. Any other parent, any other pictures? Parent pictures, all right.
0: All right. Thank you, Mrs. Martin. And uh, I think we have some leadership students who are going to come up here. Leadership students to talk about house points and other things maybe, but probably just house points. In fourth place with 18,955 points is Calvin.
1: In third place with 19,745 points is George. And in second place with 20,445 points is Aquinas. And in first place with 20,550 points is Augustine.
0: Thank you, ladies. All right. Um, I want to talk with you guys uh, about uh, a, a theme that I discussed with you last time. Last time we talked about how we can complain and how we often use words in complaining that catastrophize things, make them sound like, that's the worst, right? But only Job, uh, maybe a few other people can actually say, that's the worst. Uh, recall what Job said to his wife, though, when she said, why don't you just, you know, after he lost his family, his home, his livelihood, she said, curse God and die. And he, and, and he responded, you speak as one of the foolish women. Shall we not receive evil? Shall we only receive good and not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And remember also what Epictetus says. But he who gave also takes away. And so, when you have received everything and your very self from God, do you yet complain and blame the giver? So, we have this theme Even in the virtuous pagans, right, of being able to not complain about hard things. When are we tempted to complain? When things go bad. And life is a thing where misfortune does happen, right? Life is a thing where bad things happen, sometimes. The problem is, again, that difficulties in life can be relative from one person to another, Sometimes we say things like, I'm starving. No, there are actually people in the world that are starving, though, right? You haven't eaten for maybe a couple of hours sometimes, and you're like, I'm starving. That's, that's relative. That's what I mean. Some people think it's really bad. Other people, might it might even be worse. And how does a sinner not know that the sickness he received was not God's grace to bring him to repentance, right? There are some things that, even in hard things, we can, we can see God is working for our good. These are hard things, which is why the ability not to complain falls in the domain of wisdom. And, and we consider this, we consider it a complaint as a lack of wisdom, as a hasty judgment of a circumstance. Another reason not to complain is that it, is rare, it rarely fixes the problem. It rarely fixes the problem to complain. Epictetus says, the only matter of concern is not what others think of you. He knew how many things in life are not in our control. You can't control the movements of the sun or the planets. You can't control whether a leaky ship makes it to port. You can't control the weather. You can't control other people. There is one thing and one thing only you have under your control. And that is your soul, your will, your desires, your intentions. The truly wise man is able to control these things. Proverbs says, he who rules his spirit is greater than one who takes a city. There's a continuity between those two, by the way. Similarly, Jesus puts it in, in this idea called the the witty what what some pastors call the witty principle, okay. In John, Peter's distracted and complains that that um, John the disciple might get an easier life compared to what he has to go through. And so Peter says to Jesus, uh, when Peter saw John, he says to Jesus, "Lord, what about this man?" And Jesus said to him, if it, is my, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. What is that to you? That's the witty principle. That's the acronym. That's something I think it's really important for all of us to remember. Sometimes when you get corrected by your teachers or your parents, your first response is to say, But... Look at him over there, but look at her over there. What about this over there? And all the time, the Lord is always saying, what is that to you? You follow me. It's the same kind of thing. This is actually, if you guys remember, uh, the horse and his boy, the Chronicles of Narnia. You remember Shasta at the very end is talking about all his misfortune in life. And he's like, going on the road. And he's like, I'm the worst, most miserable boy in the world. And and, And Aslan shows up, right? and tells him, I was there every time. And he actually reinterprets his life entirely. It's one, it's one of the most amazing things, where he says, everything you thought was was a curse was actually a blessing. It was me keeping you safe. It was me directing you in this way, even though it was difficult at times. And he says, what about Erebus? And he says, I'm, not, I'm, I'm telling you your story, not hers. Right? It's the same kind of idea. God's always telling you, What are you gonna take responsibility for in your own life? But if complaining is a vice to avoid, then what is its opposite virtue to practice? So I don't wanna just focus on the negative. That's what I'm trying to do. You gotta put something in its place, right? What is the positive thing? What's the virtue? And the virtue is that of eloquence. This is the art of speaking well, beautiful speech. It's part of rhetoric. The art that is not just finding out the right idea, but how to communicate that idea beautifully and in such a way that persuades, moves people to do something. This is a good example. So the English are down. They're outnumbered. So he says I wish we had more people. If we just had one one more Englishman, one in 1000. And here comes Prince or uh, King Harry. Henry V. What he and wishes so. My cousin Westmoreland All right. It's worth watching uh, the whole thing. <clears throat> he turns a complaint into a rallying speech, into something to even be excited about that they're outnumbered. <clears throat> this takes this takes more than just skill. It takes wisdom. Beyond speaking beautifully, Eloquence also has a moral dimension. And this is why I'm saying it—it's it's the, it's the opposite of complaining. Eloquence has a moral dimension. Think of Jesus. It's true that the Lord spoke with beauty, what Homer might call winged words, seventh graders. <clears throat> but Jesus also spoke that which was good and true. And he spoke in such a way that his personal life of holiness matched his words. This is what the Bible might call the beauty of holiness. In other words, eloquent isn't just putting words together in a convincing way. It is putting them in a morally right way. You've heard of the saying, "If if you don't have anything nice to say, then what? Oh, you have heard of it. Yes. Then don't say it at all, right? In this sense... Even silence can be a form of eloquence. Think of this, guys. I, I'm going to need my, the help of the maybe 11th and 12th graders for this. But if, um, you know, Proverbs says, in a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Maybe a better way of saying this is in, in the poem, The Habit of Perfection by Gerard Menley Hopkins. He says this. Shape nothing lips, be lovely dumb. Come on. Are you guys going to say this with me? Here Let's start again. Shape nothing lips, be lovely dumb. It is the shut, the curfew sent. From there where all surrenders come, which only makes you eloquent. Shutting your mouth makes you eloquent in some cases. That's what that means. Okay? If, you have a, if you're tempted to complain about something, shutting your mouth makes you eloquent. That's a form of eloquence. This is perhaps the best advice when we are tempted in those moments. It's so just better not to say anything. Now, what would be even better than that would be to give thanks or encouragement. This is why Paul says, Loquentis, there it is, Loquentis, eloquent, Loquentis, Vobis metis, speaking to yourselves in psalmis, et hymnis, et canticis, spiritualibus, cantates, et salentes, in cordibus, cordibus vestris, domino, to the Lord, speaking in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and giving and praising in your hearts, making melody in your hearts to the Lord, domino, date of case. As one of our goals as a graduate, something that I might share with you more, one of our goals as a graduate for you guys, for everybody in this room who is a student, is, an, is to possess eloquence and a command of language. But again, that has a moral dimension. And the thing that should mark a graduate is not complaining. Not complaining and giving thanks instead. Let's pray. And then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for this day. Pray that you would bless our week. Pray that you would bless this next month in this time of re-enrollment. Lord, bless the new... uh, Sports activities that we're going to be entering into protect and uh, protect us this week. And um, Lord, we we continue to pray that you would help us apply these things in our lives so that that we may live the beauty of holiness. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Peace be with you.